and welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most interesting topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 152nd edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 563rd episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, December 26, 2019. I am your host, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. The Crossroads Classics is held every year in Indianapolis, and recently it seems that the games that IU play in involve a big lead, a comeback, and an exciting finish. Well, this year was no different. This week's banner moment occurred with just over three minutes left in the game versus Notre Dame when Indiana found itself down five after leading by as many as 17, and Coach Archie Miller inserted freshman Armand Franklin into the game. Franklin and Trace Jackson Davis, two freshmen, took over on both ends of the floor to secure an Indiana victory. Many fans, myself included, were quick to question the toughness of this team at that three-minute mark, and while it may have been merited in giving up the big lead, the Hoosiers found a way to erase that five-point lead. That takes toughness. The idea that two freshmen scored the last seven points and played great defense during that stretch speaks volumes to this team's depth, which is another sign of toughness. While we all would like to see the Hoosiers healthy and playing more consistently over 40 minutes of every remaining game, we cannot neglect the fact that while not playing their best with those injuries and with a rather young roster experience-wise, the Hoosiers are where most thought or hoped they would be, and that is 11-1. and This record puts them in consideration for an NCAA berth. Many bracketologists have the Hoosiers currently a 6 or 7 seed. Uh, with the remaining schedule being littered with quad one opportunities, the Hoosiers should be able to compete and win enough to make the tourney this season. Anything more than that, and we will fan- we as fans will take gladly. Maybe all of last year's tough injuries and close losses have turned around this year. Time will tell. And the first test is Arkansas on Sunday. A win by our Hoosiers means an undefeated non-conference record that even with the somewhat suspect strength of schedule still bodes well for the Hoosiers. That takes toughness. Here's to hoping that the toughness is here to stay and is more consistent and Indiana continues to win, ugly or not. Okay, now let me introduce my esteemed co-hosts for this week's show. Jared and Andy are both off tonight, probably ensconced comfortably in a home field apparel hoodie somewhere uh, that doesn't have the logo um, (laughs) that Jared doesn't like. Uh, To my left, he's a senior writer for The Big Lead and a man who spent all of Christmas telling everyone he is Armand Franklin's shot doctor. He is Ryan Phillips. Ryan, what is your rant on the last week in IU basketball? What's up, everybody? Uh, I hope everybody's having a happy holidays. Obviously, we've kind of not had much to talk about uh, for the last week or so, so we've been off. Um, but, man, I, I, I've spent the holidays thinking about this and, and thinking about IU fans and where we are. And, and, you know, a lot of people are upset and think that the Hoosiers haven't played great, haven't played a great schedule. But it, we mentioned this after the Notre Dame game. Indiana's 11-1 right now. Yeah, they played a week schedule, but they didn't stub their toe in any of those those games as part of the week schedule, which a lot of other teams did and nationally, not just in the Big Ten or, or, or you know, in Indiana. Uh, 
and and you look at it and they played some tight games and they've they've been managed to hold on in those tight games and and maybe they've blown some leads but you know against as they did against Notre Dame and but they managed to find a way to win and and that's our, honestly the most important part of, of playing basketball is 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 finding ways to win games and it's more about winning games than necessarily winning pretty or looking good it's about winning games and that win against Notre Dame showed that they got down five points. It wasn't like they got down by one. They gave up a 17-point lead, got down five, and in the last few minutes still figured out a way to win that game, which, by the way, when they were down five, I threw on the towel. I said, this is over. There's no way they're coming back. The momentum is completely against them. They're down a couple possessions. They were down five, and Notre Dame had the ball and, and managed to come back and win. Really impressive that they were able to do that. Again, you don't want to blow that 17-point lead, just like you don't want to go to overtime against Nebraska. But finding a way to win is the most important trait a team can have. And so as we head to this Arkansas game and then have to go at Maryland, some tough, you know, it's a tough road coming up. A couple of weeks, you got Ohio State. And some really tough roads there for, for Indiana and some tough matchups. But we know from this start that this team has figured out how to win games. Hopefully, as everybody rounds into health, their backcourt's still kind of banged up. To as everybody rounds into health, maybe this is a team that 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 just has a knack for finding ways to find victory. We hope that's the case. We hope this isn't the team that went in Wisconsin and got run out of the building. And and really, we'll find out over the next few weeks what kind of team this is and and what kind of season this is going to be. And to my right, he's one of the ringleaders of the chat mob and the host of the new show Hoosier Morning After. He also has more a more intimidating last name uh, than you do. He is Chad Schwarzkopf. Chad, what are your opening thoughts on the last week in IU basketball? Well, it's been a, a fun week. It's been great for the guys to have time off. Again, happy holidays, like Ryan said to everyone out there. Uh, those that are watching on YouTube and everything can see I'm not in my usual surroundings. I'm in my, my parents' house. And uh, this afternoon, I was getting some work done on the computer, and the internet was going in and out for me. So uh was able to get it back on and get uh, done what I needed to while it wasn't as fast as I'd like to get the work done. I did, but that kind of obviously kind of parallels where this team has been. Uh, these recent games, we've had a few moments where things have run smoothly. They've been, uh, uh, but there has been some connection issues at times with this team. Um, also, like the team, I can't really point to what's going on with their internet. Um, this team, it's very complicated like that as well, and we will we'll get that figured out. But uh, for me, for now, I'll just kind of stick to a cautionary optimism with this team uh, and this internet. So we'll see if I am able to stay connected and on this show tonight. But uh, I think uh, with this team, the ups and downs, it's it's what it is to be an IU basketball fan, to accept the good, the bad, and the frustration and the, the high blood pressure altogether. Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about this week. Obviously, Indiana defeating Notre Dame in the Crossroads Classic, and Indiana is 11-1, and and more importantly, 3-0 and versus its top non-conference opponents uh, with the Arkansas game left to play. We're going to talk about uh, Rob Fennessy, Devontae Green, Deron Davis, Jerome Hunter. All have played less than they were expected for a variety of reasons, um, what we thought of at preseason. So how is Indiana still 11-1, and and where will they be uh, when and if these players uh, – get back to where uh, they are expected to be, and then we'll answer your questions. All of that coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. First, let's talk about tickets. You have a lot of options when it comes to where you get your sports tickets, and this is not an industry that is known for its growth and innovation or for being customer-friendly. But with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves that there is a better way. 
They built the fastest way to find tickets so that you can stop searching for the perfect seat and instead start enjoying it. Just look at the App Store. SeatGeek has over 50,000 five-star reviews, and the reason is because they deliver a better process for buying tickets. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and they rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, with a color-coded system to show the value. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced. Then SeatGeek displays the tickets on an interactive seat map, so you can see right where they are. After every purchase... And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I have SeatGeek app on my phone because it's by far the fastest fastest and easiest way to find tickets. Currently been looking for games um, on Sundays, especially the Arkansas game coming up. I might be in Assembly Hall for that. If I do, it's because of SeatGeek. And best of all, SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code ASSEMBLY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code ASSEMBLY for $10 off on your first purchase. And the Hoosier headlines. Uh, Are we optimistic or pessimistic about the season so far, given the fact that Indiana is 11-1? And Ryan, I'll throw it to you. Um, Where do you find yourself um, on that spectrum? Are you optimistic going forward, a little pessimistic? Uh, with Indiana's 11-1 and record at this point. What makes me optimistic is, is that they're 3-0 and in the big non-conference games that we earmarked and said they have to at least split these or maybe go 3-1. and They got three wins against uh, Florida State, UConn, and then Notre Dame. And then you've got Arkansas, of course, this weekend, a home game, a real chance to pay them back for what happened last year at Arkansas and also to move 4-0 in those bigger non-conference games. That'll be a big win for Indiana. Arkansas, I believe, they're, they're in the mid-30s in, in Ken Palm. So that, that, that'd be a big win for them. It'd be the second-best team they've beaten uh, aside from Florida State. So obviously the Wisconsin game looms, and you're just like, oh, that was so discouraging. And I remember how we felt after that. And people talking about, oh, they were 8-0 heading in. They would just come off that big win against Florida State and where you started to feel really good about the team and the way they could perform on the big stage against a good team. And then they flopped at Wisconsin. And you're just like, okay, is this just a typical flop against Wisconsin we've seen over the years? Or is this legitimate? Is this who this team is? It's hard to know right now, but I think that winning those non-conference games, going 3-0 against those opponents, one of them in New York in a you know kind of a big stage, makes me feel cautiously optimistic. We get cautiously optimistic, then we get the overtime game at Nebraska, and you feel awful about it, and then Nebraska beats Purdue. So is Nebraska better than we thought? I mean, it's just this year in college basketball is so jumbled, and it's, it's so torn up that it's hard to know exactly where they fit. I think the Arkansas game is kind of a bellwether game. I think that how they play in that game at home after a week off, a week of rest for guys, how are they going to be? Then you got to go at Maryland. So you're going to find out quickly in back-to-back games how this team really shapes up, um, so, which will you know be two of the biggest games they've played so far. So it, again, it's cautious optimism, but let's see. You know, let's see how they perform this week. I think that I, I'm kind of leaning more towards optimistic, especially given how some of the younger guys have played and some of the performances they've gotten off the bench in the last couple weeks. So cautious optimism right here. Chad, I'm going to throw the same question to you, optimistic or pessimistic, but I want to add something there. As fans, um, when we watch the team that we follow, do we struggle with the style over the su- substance, meaning the record substance is 11-1. and one. 
the way Indiana got to 11-1 when you watch every possession sometimes gives pause. So first of all, are you optimistic and pessimistic? And then uh, what about us fans with style over substance uh, in, in your thoughts? I'm I'm optimistic. I'll I'll always be optimistic uh, with the IU teams. I mean, it's 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 one that you cheer for and you 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 show up for each time. But I mean, there is pessimism. I believe that's kind of a, a post traumatic stress syndrome syndrome from last year. That how we could don't you, how see. could you not have that over the last few seasons? You've got to you've got to be cautious with that. I, I believe to a degree, um, and I think that's kind of where that style and substance, like you said, kind of comes into play. I think we see the uh, losing those big le- those big leads, and we start to go the oh no here we go again kind of kind of mentality drops into our heads, uh, it, it, and we weather through those. And I, I think in the end, um, we're a very knowledgeable uh, fan base, so we pick apart our team a lot more than your standard basketball team is going to get picked apart by its fan base. So. Um, I think we'll be good. I mean, our, our bench is deep enough. And, and uh, once those pieces can hopefully slap together the correct way, uh, we will be able to uh, you know, work it out. Yeah, I, I join both of you in being optimistic. Uh, you have to be realistic about, you know, the defense needs to get better and the three-point shooting needs to be better. They need to take appropriate shots. And we do a good job of breaking that down. That's realistic. But this team, as we talk, we'll talk in the second segment, hasn't really had its full team. It finally just got its 11 scholarship players all dressed for the first time in the last couple of games. But yet, all of those players aren't up to where they were expected to be uh, in the offseason. And the fact that uh, the Big Ten is going to be a tough conference, and we're part of that as Assembly Hall is a tough place to play. So teams have to come into our home court and those are going to be a lot of good wins. We got several questions about quad one and NCA seating uh, in in the community this week. Uh, but Indiana has just set itself up for some positives. I think it has nowhere to go but up. Uh, if it doesn't go up, uh, then then it's really going to be tough on these You're shows. You're going to hear about it from us for <laughs> yeah. sure. I uh, but I, I think all of us and fans, if we were brutally honest, if, if you would have said, Tennessee wouldn't have practiced much of the first two or three months, let alone play less than 50% of the minutes. Uh, Devontae Green missing some games and then being, you know, just brought back into the starting lineup. We have yet to have our starting guard lineup as thought of in the offseason, and Indiana's still 11-1. and After we get up, after we calm down about the tough style of play and really look at the substance, I don't know many of us would have said 11-1. and I think a lot of us were saying uh, if we could be – 12 and 1 or 11 and 2 or 10 and 3 in this portion of the schedule it would still be a good thing for this team and Indiana's one game away from being 12 and 1. So with that I'm going to come back to Chad. What is your number one concern and this is for both of you uh here in this segment. What is your number one concern for this Indiana team going forward at this point of the season? It just has to how it always is and what kind of derailed us last year is keeping healthy. And, and being able to practice together. Again, it, it's been lucky that finally, once we have everyone healthy, um, we have had this extended time between games to be able to practice together and have good reps and start building that chemistry together. That's why I think, like like Ryan said in the, in the last little segment, um, this next game coming up is going to be very big about setting the pace, setting things up, and and seeing a real improvement as we've had this time to practice together. Ryan, your number one concern for for this team? 
It's keeping the guards healthy, I think, and and making it so Armand Franklin can shine off the bench instead of having to play starters minutes. You know, I mean, regardless of how well he plays, he's a freshman. You don't want a freshman taking 30 minutes or 25 minutes a game. And, and you want him to be able to step in in a game like he did at Notre Dame and shine as opposed to having to be relied upon for huge minutes. I think that getting Rob Finnessy back to 100%, obviously he did not play very well in that Notre Dame game because – I mean, he's going to be up and down until he's, you know, reg- health. His health is at a regular spot for him. Devontae Green, consistency. So I, I just think it's consistency and health out of that backcourt. Obviously, Devontae's been dealing with a nagging Achilles injury as well. I mean, just when you want some good news about your backcourt, you know, Rob Finnessy comes back, and it turns out that, that Devontae's a little banged up and, uh, Rob's still not full go and, and Al Durham I, again, consistency. He's got to find some consistency from the outside with his shot. He's shooting about 39%, but it feels like he shoots really well one game and then really poorly the next. And, and you just want to see that consistency. So you know what to rely upon and you can say, okay, Rob's going to hit maybe two, three threes in this game. We know that let's just find those when we can, instead of he's going to hit five in one game and none in the next two. And, and, just so just finding that consistency, finding consistency defensively out of those guys, everything that has to do with the backcourt. I think the front court, all in all, has been outstanding this year. It may not be the same guys every week, but you know you're going to get some tough, hard-nosed defense. You're going to get some tough buckets on the inside, mostly from Trace Jackson Davis. But the other guys will chip in and help out. And so it's really about finding consistency and health for that backcourt. For me, uh, number one concern is defensively. Uh, I, I really appreciate good defense as a coach. Uh, I think you win a lot of games uh, defensively. Uh, still wanting to see the big lineup be able to guard uh, a multitude of different lineups. Uh, we'll see that with Arkansas, and they're, they're mainly four-guard uh, lineup. Uh, even though that gives Indiana some advantages on the offensive end, can this team move up the Ken Palm ra- rankings and can it just play better all-around defense more consistently for 40 minutes? I think if that can happen, uh, then I think uh, Indiana is going to be okay and, and compete uh, for a lot of wins in the Big Ten. So, okay, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about the returning players who have battled injuries, played less minutes than expected. What can we expect from these guys moving forward? Stick with us here on The Assembly Call. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back to the assembly call. You can find all of our content at our website, assemblycall.com. And if you ever want to join the chat mob during our unedited live broadcast or watch those replays and see all the Between the Segment banner, then check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly call. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Ryan F- Ryan Phillips and chat mob Chad Schwarzkopf. Uh, and we're going to talk um, some players and, and where we see some of the players who haven't had all the minutes due to a variety of reasons. Are they going to see increased minutes? Are they going to get back to being healthy? We're going to start off uh, with Rob Finnessy, who's just had a tough start in these first 12 games and first two or three months of getting healthy. And then once he has been back, uh, getting up to speed. And 
and really struggled against Notre Dame. So, Ryan, when do you think we're going to see him back at full strength, and does that mean he eventually gets back in the starting lineup, and does Indiana need him to start in order to compete in the Big Ten? I think they have to. I, I just think that he is one of those guys who's the engine that helps this team go, and, and there have been times where you've seen him come off the bench, and it just completely changes uh, what the team does. If you look at his averages from last year, 6.8 points, uh, this year it's 8.3 points. It's uh, Last year he did have 3.3 rebounds, but Trace Jackson Davis is gobbling them all up right now, so he's down to 2.3. Uh, but assists, 3.7 this year, 2.9 last year. Um, you look at his shooting percentage, 40% this year, 36% last year, three-point percentage, 35.7 versus 31%. And he's doing that all in nine fewer minutes a game. He's only played seven games. But what it's looking like is that while it may look a little unbalanced when he's on the floor because he's not healthy, Rob's a better player this year. And he's doing more in less time. So, and obviously the team's relying on him more as well. So it's a different dynamic. You know, Romeo Lankford on the isn't there on the perimeter to take most of the of the load away from him. So you've got a guy who is ostensibly a better player this year. He's playing fewer minutes. He's only played in seven games of the twelve, but at the same time, he's a guy who clearly has improved and can be better. Uh, the key is just going to be again being healthy. The other the other stat I didn't mention. Uh, he's averaging more, almost, uh, almost twice as many free throws per game. And he's shooting 85% versus 66% last year. If he's your main ball handler, he's going to be getting fouled. He's going to be at the line. He's performing there this year. So far, you got to get him healthy though. You got to get him healthy. Got to get him on the floor and get him in the mix. And hopefully, you know, he's, this is his last sort of speed bump. I mean, Rob's, you know, had issues with health, multiple different injuries since he's been at IU. If he's on the floor, Indiana is a better team, and he's a good, good player who can really make a difference. I think that's a guy who is a huge key to Indiana for the rest of the year. Do you think, um, Ryan, that it'll be sooner or later for him to be back where he's at normal, normal strength? I know he's had a couple weeks here, but he really struggled in Notre Dame uh, more offensively than I thought defensively. Getting back in the rhythm, when do you when do you see that the Rob that we need and want? back if there's no other setbacks you have to think it's going to be first or second week of january that he's going to be in the flow of everything now, i don't know if he's going to be starting i don't know if he's going to be averaging 30 minutes a game but you have to start at some point you got to start seeing the normal rob you know and and it's um i i don't know if it'll be this week I, but I have a feeling. I mean, we saw at the end of that Nebraska game, he was the reason they won. I mean, he was Mr. Buckets and he and Trace Jackson Davis, you got to give him credit too, but he was Mr. Buckets at the end of that game. And it was like, Oh my gosh, Rob's back. This is what we need. But then against Notre Dame, he struggled. And is it going to be a game to game thing? I mean, there was, there was eight days between those games. There's been eight days between Notre Dame and Arkansas. It's a chance to maybe sort of, you know, flatten that out a little bit, that curve out a little bit and say, okay, this is going to be a good game for him. But then again, they're going to get a break before Maryland. It's all about getting him up to speed, getting him, you know, uh, to where he needs to be conditioning wise. But you know that that I'm I'm sort of looking at that January eighth Northwestern game. I, I that's got to be where we start seeing the regular Rob and and and, and the consistent Rob, because again, the numbers suggest he's a better player this year in fewer minutes. So, you know, you, you got to at some point start seeing that consistently. I mean, I'm not looking for him. I'm not looking for him right away to come out and be the scorer that he is. But I want to see him being the the floor general, <laughs> see him being the the calming, 
the calming aspect um, and, and everything. Just be the point guard guy that, that that runs the offense, gets things moving, and calms down this team and refocuses us. Uh, I, I agree with Ryan wholeheartedly that um, I don't think we'll see his scoring and and all of those uh, factors back till till a few more games. Um, but I at least want to see more of that general out of him than we saw in the Notre Dame. I think the Notre Dame was probably an anomaly of some sort. Um, He just kind of had an off game, getting his rhythm back. Again, having this time to practice, hopefully that refocuses him and at least gets that portion of his game back to us. I I just think Rob is so important defensively for this Indiana team because he can take the number one penetrating guard and try to level him off you know when I I I did some edits for the the community and and watching the guards just really struggle to guard um Rob wasn't and and even Rob at not full strength was one of our better on ball defenders and then that just helps everyone else be in better position not have to help as much uh and so I, I I agree that even if he doesn't come back offensively for three or four games, that's okay. We just need him out on the floor yeah, getting his sure. minutes and guarding and then also uh, running the show. Uh, I think Indiana's offense flows a lot better with a true point guard out there, and we've been asking uh, Durham to do that, and, and Al stepped up, but that's not his natural position. Al can do that for 10 or 15 minutes as needed uh, and be very efficient. He's uncomfortable in that role. You yeah, can tell and, he's uncomfortable in that and role. So, you know, Indiana's eleven and one, and, and and Rob has not played in in five of the of the twelve games, and not played really complete games yet. Uh, I think he's a thirty minute guy, um, and if not more, uh, for this Indiana uh, basketball program. So, yes, as soon as he gets back, I think you're going to see a, a better Indiana team. Let's talk about Devonte Green. Started out the season hobbled and missing uh, some action. Chad, do you do you think Devontae will ever be uh, consistent uh, in his play enough to lead Indiana to a good record, or do we need something different? If, if Rob's back, do we really need him to be consistent, or do we just need him to pop every uh, third game for his 2025 and, and not mess up too much uh, in those other games? Uh, what, what are your thoughts about Devontae uh, and his play going forward? I mean, Devante is one of those funny, it's funny to say the word consistent with Devante because yeah, you get, you get so many different aspects of his game and, and who he is as a player is just kind of electric and, and on fire like that. You, you want to see him under control. He, he's a balanced guy. I, I want to see him moving forward, finding that balance between going out of control, uh, doing the Devante type of things, throwing those hundred mile an hour passes. Um, but bringing it back a little bit when, when the game doesn't allow it. He, he gets too many times where he forces, forces that kind of game that he likes to play on what the game is not giving him. Uh, there was a time in the Notre Dame game where I saw him heading to, towards the basket and he did one of his little behind-the-back dribbles and everything, and I immediately realized he's got tunnel vision. He's, he sees the basket, and he sees only the basket. He's not going to pass it. He's going to try to drive and make a shot. And sure enough, he drove in there, he tried to lay one up, and he got rejected. And it was a quick fast break points for them. So, I mean, we don't need to see that kind of play out of him, but we do. I think, I think that trickles down from Rob getting back when Rob gets back and gets more into his realm and everything like that. I think that's going to relax Devante a lot being in there with Rob because he knows that he can move a lot off the ball and Rob's going to find him in the right places. And that's where he's going to be able to knock down those shots and do those plays that we can count on from him. And Chad, that play, when he did that drive, I think if it's the same play I was thinking about, there was a wide-open Armand Franklin in the corner, and, and Armand had already hit a couple shots. Yeah, uh, someone else was open on the other side. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. They were both wide open on the corner. So, Ryan, my question to you is, 
with players like that, sometimes you have to give freedom, right? Yeah. Uh, you you got to let them play their game because if you try to restrict them and eliminate the bad play, then it might restrict them enough and the good play doesn't shine. Uh, Jared asked an interesting question this week in the community about would you take the 11 points and the 1 of 5 shooting from 3 if we could get those stats every week from or every game from um, Devontae? And I, and I said, no, I wouldn't because you need him to pop. Um, yeah. And then if, if Tennessee's back, you need back, a Florida State performance. Yeah, at some point, you you, you know? need that every once in a while in a big game to push Indiana over. And if Rob gets back, then you have some flexibility with the way Armand's playing, and you could play some other people if he's having one of his Devonte games in the negative. Um, but what do you think about Devonte going forward? Is he going to improve, or is this what we have? And and we just got to hope we have uh, the hot Devonte more than the the cold Devonte. Well, one thing that's way better about Devontae this year is his shooting percentage inside the three-point line. He's, he's up to 45% from the field. Last year, he was 40.2. The year before that, 36.4. He's become a better driver, and he, you see him using that floater a little bit, sometimes getting all the way to the rim and finishing. Uh, it's not consistent, sadly, but we are seeing that better. His three-point percentage, I mean, even with a couple of stretch of really bad games, he's still at 40%, which is fine. Last year, he was a 41% shooter. Uh, you'd like him to be a little better. Uh, especially on some of those step in, you know, catch and shoot opportunities. But he's also a guy like Rob Finnessy, who his numbers have improved this year in fewer minutes, probably again, because Romeo Lankford isn't there dominating everything on the perimeter. He's averaging 12.3 points, which is three more than last year. And he's playing a minute less per game. It's, you know, again, it's, it's the fact that these guys are developing and getting better. And it may not seem like it from the outside, but when you look inside the numbers, they are developing and getting better. The key, you're right, for Devontae, that 30-point Florida State game is is raising that average of, of points per game. But there are things he can do on this team, and it reminds he reminds me so much of when Troy Williams was on this team because there are things he can do that nobody else on this team can do. You know, take a guy off a dribble and pop a three. I mean, how many guys on this roster can do that? And it's really, he's the only one. And it's so... The reason why, even when he was bad, Troy Williams was on the floor is because he could go between his legs sideways and go flying in and, and lay a ball in like nobody else could. And it really helped unbalance the floor for the for the opposing defense. So I think Devontae's got to play. He's got to get more consistent. I mean, we're not seeing the volume of turnovers this year that we've seen in the past. Uh, everyone sort of stands out because it's usually a spectacularly bad turnover. But we're seeing fewer of them on, on a on a game-to-game basis, especially with how much he's handled the ball with Rob Finnessy out. And so I think that he's a guy, again, you've got to find that consistency from. I don't think you're ever going to get it, as you said, Coach, just 11 points every game on one of five. You're not going to get that out of him. You're going to have games where he gets two points and goes you know, one of 10 from the field, but you're also going to get that game where he pops and he's on fire and he's the only guy you want to see touching the ball sometimes on offense. I think, again, Rob Finnessy coming back helps with that. I think, I think with everybody on the perimeter, Al Durham is another one. When Rob Finnessy comes back, it changes the dynamic on both ends of the floor because he takes the opposing team's ball handler defensively, and then he's handling the ball, and those guys get to play off the ball, which is easily their better. I don't know if it's where Devontae is more comfortable, but it's where he's better. It's where you know driving and kicking and catching a step in, you know, a shot he's stepping into as opposed to between the legs and firing one up. That's where he's better. And also off a defensive rotation, I like seeing him drive to the, the basket. I don't want to see him go between his legs in traffic anymore. I'm kind of sick of that by now. But I don't mind him driving in, taking a floater, putting one up. 
especially because if he misses it, the chances are pretty good that IU is going to get an offensive rebound with the guys they've, they've been putting out there this year. So I don't mind him getting into the lane, maybe getting fouled and, and getting a shot up. Um, but I think that Rob Finsey has to be on the floor to, to add that consistency to his game. I, I, you, you said a couple things, Ryan, that I think are really, really good. Indiana needs a north-south guy. Uh, because this offense is geared to throw the ball in the post, and and they're now running some screens, that, you know, blocker mover stuff, and that, and it's either going to be outside threes or it's going to be at the rim. They're going to need a guy to break someone down and get to the rim, get fouled. And Devontae's done that nice. And and the other thing that that you reminded me of that I forgot is that he really isn't turning the ball over. And I think sometimes we lock in on Devontae because we know he's had some bad decision-making in the past. And when he has his one or two or maybe two in a row, then we get into this mindset that it's bad Devontae. He did not turn the ball over. Uh, but those plays, like Chad mentioned, do stand out to us uh, with Devontae. We hope that he has more of those Florida State games. Let's talk about Deron Davis. When he came to Indiana, he was really um, – thought of as an outstanding post player and unfortunately he's just had a string of injuries and it's just hard to watch uh him play um not from a negative standpoint. Is, yeah not from a is a killer negative standpoint just it, it, you hurt for the young man it just seems like he's struggling out there to do the things that he's capable of and then he gets the files quickly and has to sit and then d- doesn't get any run in the second half ryan do you think that'll change uh here down the stretch or, or is it just maybe a couple games or two where the matchup is is there for Duran. Given the last what we saw last season and this season, it's really hard for me to see a major change in Duran coming. That said, and, and some people were mentioning it in our in our live chat that I Duran is a guy who could help Indiana win Big Ten games. You know, if Joey Brunk gets fouled or somebody's injured or or you know gets into trouble early, he's a guy who could come in and score on the low block. And and he's a veteran who can get in the way defensively. He's also a guy who you're not going to go up and over easily. He's going to foul you. He's going to make you feel it. I mean, he's a guy who can do so much. He's a veteran presence. Archie Miller mentioned uh, a week ago, or maybe it was a week and a half ago, that when they were struggling after that Wisconsin game, Duran was the one who was the vocal leader, who got everybody lined up, got everybody where they needed to be, and kept everybody focused when they could have just wilted after that, especially on that quick turnaround to go to New York and play UConn. He was a guy who was cited as a leader. And you expect that out of your seniors. And Duran is a guy who we've seen show leadership in the past. But I, I certainly think that you can't write Duran off because he's a guy who can help win you a game. And, and and certainly we've seen him operate in the post in the past. And if he can just catch you know a whiff of that, maybe he can be a guy who can give you ten minutes a game and, and score you eight points and grab some rebounds and you know it be a five extra fouls for you on the interior. Uh, obviously that Achilles injury that he had is it's devastating. I think it's the most devastating injury you can suffer as a basketball player. And most guys who have it are never the same. You know, they might be able to still play, but they're not the same. It's just, you lose lift from one of your legs completely. And, and you lose the ability to sprint and you lose short area quickness and things like that. You saw it with a guy like Kobe Bryant and never let an, an injury bother him in his career. And he got it as he was getting older and he was never the same ever. And, and, and you know, we're going to see what happens with Kevin Durant, another guy who suffered a devastating Achilles injury. So it's just one of those that, I mean, I, since I was a kid, people said, if you have that Achilles injury, you're never going to be the same. So expecting, you know, Duran to be a 20 minute player who's going to get you 10 and seven or something like that is, is probably foolish, but I think he can help Indiana win some games this year. And, and so you got to keep him in the rotation. You got to keep him playing and he's got to try and stay out of foul trouble. That's the big thing. Cause when he gets two fouls early, it appears Archie goes other ways and yeah, doesn't I, go back to it. I, I don't see him being 
anything more than 10th or 11th off the bench and matchup-wise, just, just based on, on where he is playing at this point. Uh, I wish that were, were different because I thought when he got back in last year, he really did some nice things. Chad, I'm going to change it up here a little bit um, as segment two is starting to, to wind down a little bit. And Jerome Hunter, uh, we're going to talk about him because he sat out all last year and then the mystery was whether he was going to play. And then once he was said to be cleared, everyone was thinking about his ranking as a recruit and his offensive abilities. And it's been a little bit of a slow growth uh, for Jerome in the first 12 games. Um, where do you see Jerome Hunter um, the rest of the season and what kind of impact will he have uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers? He's one of those guys that um, you can tell he's just one click away from finding that rhythm. Finally, he looks like he's so close defensively. He's, he's playing pretty well. He's staying with his guy as a guy that's been out for so long, who's been watching practice. It's good at least to see that he's up to speed on that side. So he's at least not falling off and losing a lot of playing time for that reason. But on his offensive side, he has great uh, vision. He's got uh, a good shot. It's been looking pretty good. Um, It's just, an inch from, from going in. It, it's so close from going in. I think he's a guy that once that clicks over um, that confidence, he'll get that final last tick of confidence that he needs. And uh, he's going to be a great guy to have in there, to be able to put in there at that three position um, where we're not as deep as, as we are in other places. And uh, he'll, he'll be able to uh, contribute, I think, quite a bit. Ryan, what, what kind of minutes do you see if Jerome's playing at his best? and he gets in an offensive flow. He understands the defense. He's averaging just over around 10 minutes a game, I believe. I don't have the stats in front of me. What kind of minutes does he get, and what does he do for this Indiana team if he gets to be the Jerome Hunter, uh, freshman Jerome Hunter, that we kind of expect? Uh, 20 minutes a game, I think, easy. Uh, if this is a guy, and Chad's right, his shot has looked good, uh, relieving his hand. As Coach noted, it's been a little flat. Uh, to me, off air, it's been a little flat. But he his release is fine. His square he squares up. He's fine. But it's those little millimeters off your finger when you're not sure if you should be shooting it and you don't feel confident. It's that it's that split second on your release where you maybe hold it a little longer or shoot a little fast or whatever. That can be the difference. You know when that ball is rotating that fast. That can be the difference between a make and a miss. He's had some go go in and out. He's had some you know just clang off the back iron, missing it by just an inch. Once he starts to see some go down and has that, you know, confidence build, I, I agree with Chad. I think this is a guy who can really hit some outside shots. I also think that it's been really encouraging from him to see him scoring on the interior. He had a nice bucket against Notre Dame where I thought he got fouled and finished at the rim off a good he's pass. Tough. He's he, tough. Yeah. And he's you're starting to see that. And he's starting to see that he can do things for this team, even if he's not hitting outside shots. Uh, posting him up a little more. I think that, that guy has the instincts around the basket to score. And then his defense has really stepped up. He, he and Demise Anderson look worlds better than they did 10 games ago, which is impressive by both of them. They're putting in the work and they're winning uh, defensively. So they're never going to be lights out defenders who shut down the opponent's best player or anything like that. But if they can hold their own on defense, it lets the better defenders play more freely. So yeah, 20 minutes. I could definitely see Jerome playing 20 minutes this year, 20, 25. And in a game where he's on fire, 30 even. But again, as Archie has said, and as we even said before the season, this is basically his true freshman season because it wasn't like he got to be a redshirt last year where you gain strength and get better and, and working in practice and stuff. He was sidelined. So he's essentially a true freshman. And and he's, you know, we got to sort of be patient with him in a way you wouldn't for another redshirt, redshirt freshman. 
So those are four of your Indiana Hoosiers who have not played all the minutes. A lot of them due to injuries or coming back off of injuries that if they play up to their capabilities will bring a lot to the Indiana Hoosiers in the remaining games in the Big Ten and the game against Arkansas. So there, that, that was our take. Uh, we have um, some questions coming up in, uh, in our third segment. Uh, we'll answer your questions. Um, so stick around with us here on the Assembly Call. Tim Priller and I never miss an episode of the Assembly Call. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm the coach Brian Tonsoni here with Ryan Phillips and Chat Mob Chad. Remember, you need to be subscribed to our email newsletter. We send out a weekly IU news roundup even during the offseason and after every game. We send out a detailed post-game analysis. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866, or go to assemblycall.com. It's now time for our mailbag. All questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community at assemblycall.com backslash community. And we'll start off with this question here. Jack uh, Forney says, what New Year's gift would you give to Archie and the team? Chad, we'll start off with you. What would you give as a New Year's gift? Every every single rabbit's foot that is available <laughs> out there. Last year, I would have given that as well because the, the all the voodoo priestesses in New Orleans seem to be giving hexes against us and everything. And everything, at least knock on every piece of wood I have around me, uh, has been seeming to go pretty well as far as that this year. And if we can keep all of those uncontrollables that affected us last year at bay, all that bad luck, all those shooters that got hot that had never been hot before. Oh my gosh, that was um, horrible. If we can do that, then it, it's going to be a happy year for us. So I wish that upon him. Yes. Ryan, your New health. Year's gift to coach. <laughs> health in the new year. You know, always people say, I wish you health in the new year. I give give you health in the new year. No, I, I think health, uh, you know, some uh, a Ryan Phillips shooting seminar maybe is a good thing. We can get maybe put a video together and just send it to him. Old VHS tapes work, uh, but no health is is the big thing, and and you just want to see these guys playing at their peak ability. There were so many injuries last year that it was just such bad luck, and and so this year, as Chad said, luck, but uh, just health. There you go, Coach. Uh, you got some uh, gifts headed your way. Jonathan Goodman uh, asked this question. With only two quad three, four games remaining, that leaves 17 opportunities in quad one and two range. What do you expect our record will be in those tough games? For Andy and Coach, based on that, what do you estimate our seed line to be? Um, Jonathan, that's a great question. It's, it's still rather early in the whole bracketology world because the, the rankings have not fully developed uh, with all the metrics, but Indiana for most bracketologists right now are six, seven seed uh, with their net ranking at 30 and the one big win against Florida state. With that being said, 17 opportunities in quad one and two really bodes well for Indiana and the rest of the big 10. You split those and, and go nine and eight in those opportunities. That's, that's 
uh, 11 quad one and two wins, that's going to be hard to keep out, especially if you're in the mid-range four, five, six, seven in the Big Ten with you know uh, th- those kinds of quad one wins. So uh, the Big Ten being strong is going to help Indiana defeat Arkansas, get another good win, and then add those uh, opportunities uh, in the Big Ten. And I think Indiana will be looking at probably its ceiling – depending on how many wins, probably a four or five if everything goes well and there's a lot of wins and, and probably the low, uh, if they if they split 500, you're looking at seven through nine. Anything under that and Indiana's lost a few games that we don't want and then we'll be on the bubble and everyone will be, be nervous. Um, so our next question here, uh, Scott Yoakum asks, in theory, ranking should reflect performance, but I'm not convinced as much of these days. I'd rather see team development. So, uh, Ryan, do rankings matter anymore? And I think he, he might be talking about the, the coaches poll and the AP poll yeah. and you have Ken Palm and you have the net for the, the tournament. Do rankings matter anymore and, and why? Not really. I mean, and they don't in college football either. I mean, especially not early in the season. Maybe they start to matter in mid-January and February where you're trying to line up, you know, who should be beating who and all those things. I mean, college football, it doesn't matter until October when the undefeated teams start weeding each other out. And I think in college basketball, it's the same thing. I mean, this year it's been crazy. Every number one team just keeps losing. You know, there's no dominant team that's going to sit there and, and, and sort of dominate all year. Uh, the back end, I mean, you're seeing things where Indiana is not even, you know, you know Indiana is barely scratching the surface of votes and they're 11 and one have a couple, a couple nice wins. Uh, San Diego state has arguably has the best resume so far and they're 15th. I, I mean, you know, you, you look at some of these things and, and uh, best resume of an undefeated team, I should say. Uh, and so these things, they don't really matter until conference play starts sorting itself out. And then maybe, you know, they do matter to sort of line teams up. But I, I'm far more uh, worried about Ken Palm rankings and, and things like that because they're actually statistical. And it's not an eye test. It's not what you think you saw. You know, you don't have, you know, a team beats Duke and then jumps 30 spots in the rankings when, you know, or, or beats North Carolina and jumps big time in the rankings. Well, North Carolina is not playing that well this year. So I would much rather focus on the actual analytics of what is happening on the court as opposed to worrying about an eye test or who beat who in the rankings. And if you want read Gary Parrish, he always does a poll attacks column after the AP comes out, and there's always someone that moves the team up eight spots after losing two games or something because yeah. they weren't paying as much attention. Here's the <laughs> thing. Here's, here's the thing about the polls is they're based on human thought, which is imperfect. And, and there you go. I mean, it's, and also the coaches poll and things like that. Those guys don't have a chance to watch all the games or pay attention and they make mistakes. Chad, your thought about the importance of Indiana being ranked in the top 25. Yeah, it's not important. It, it's how we feel, how they play, what, what, who shows up and, and the W's on it. I mean, on the edge, it's, it's shown, actually, if I was a coach this year, I'd be telling all the, all the voters not to vote me number one. Um, it, it's just a kind of, yeah, it, it's exactly what it is. This early in the season, it's, it's just, as, as, as Joel said, I think in the chat, it's just a Twitter clicks. It's just for Twitter clicks and, and, and excitement and something to argue over. All right. Um, our last question, this comes from Chris. Tougher rebuild, Indiana or Dayton? Uh, when I guess when Archie Miller took over? I don't even know what Dayton was like when Archie took over to you guys. I, I mean, I, they've always kind of had it. They've always had like a nice basketball program, though. You know, maybe not a top mid-major, but they've always had a decent basketball program. Yeah, it took like him it was- about three three years to get to where he won some games in the tournament um, at Dayton, but that's about what I know. 
I, I think I think with the spotlight and how big the program is, that obviously gives a huge edge to the to the Indiana transition. Uh, and then and then I don't know what the team was like philosophy wise at Dayton before he came, but uh, night and day uh, when yeah. he came to Indiana, so that made it tough. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. What I will say is that that spotlight might make it easier to get pl- your players and get this and to get the resources and all that. But the spotlight being on you also makes some things a lot harder. And, and it can be a difficult situation for a coach, especially given the history Indiana's had over the last 20 years and, and, and people waiting for a collapse because that's been the history. So I think that there are elements of it that make it easier and elements of it that will probably make it harder at Indiana because if you don't hit on all cylinders early, people are going to be asking for your job. Yeah, and I, I, I think um, people don't think Indiana's a rebuild. Um, but to do uh, Indiana right, like uh, Texas Tech and Virginia and some of those schools, if you want to do it right, you had to rebuild, and you had to rebuild from the bottom up. And I think a lot of people sometimes lose uh, lose patience uh, with that. So that's going to uh, – well, we'll play this that's first. That's it. We're done. No more questions. That's the official, Mark. Always got to play that. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing most of the music you hear on the show, and thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Thursday night. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank everybody for coming out. And that's a wrap. Gentlemen. All right. Good work. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. Thank you for tuning in. Always tuning good. In. And experiencing, I know, uh, the, new, experiencing the new view. That's yes. Cool. The pretty. It, it, it's pretty. I know. Pretty right? See? You know, Now you can actually see what's behind me because the uh, can the almost read works. his diploma. Yeah. Yep. There it is. Parks, Parks and Recreation Department. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. A, yeah. It's a certificate. It's not a diploma. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that they had told me that my journalism degree would not be worth the paper it's printed on, but they told you that after you graduate, not beforehand. Yeah. So, um, go uh, IU. Yeah. I think Indiana's going I think Indiana's going to do fine against Arkansas on Sunday. I just have I a feeling too. they're going to play. I like that matchup. I do. I do. Um, they're not going to be able to guard um, the three-point shooting, and they, they don't shoot very well, but they shoot a lot of them. But I think playing nobody, nobody who plays us seems to shoot well, and then they play us. Well, yeah, right. and then the guy will bank one in, and it go off yeah. for three or four. What kind of a crowd do we expect, though? It's always dicey around this time of year because the students aren't back. When the students aren't back, it's always dicey. Well, but Andy Bottoms, Andy will be there with his family, so it'll be wild and crazy uh, there. Crazy, but it's a three. It is. Uh, it's a was a six p.m. game. So, yeah, five o'clock, six o'clock, or something. Those usually do better than the earlier games. They play, I saw they play Maryland at at noon. That's gonna that's gonna be awful. My dad's peeking in to say hey. Hi guys. Hey. Hey. Go Hoosiers. <laughs> that's awesome. You're not yep. in the basement, are you, Chad? <laughs> no, no. Broadcasting from your parents' basement would be yeah. Would be awesome. Knows. I'm back in my old room. <laughs> in the basement. Is it no. just the parents' basement or any basement? Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> usually it's it, oh, yeah. you're blogging from your mom's basement. Is my. Yeah. <laughs>
No, 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 no. Oh, funny. I do have the new, by the way, guys, I just, I want to plug. I do have the new assembly call hoodie. It is insanely comfortable. Jared sent it to Madeline and I for, for Christmas. So, uh, get it. Nice. It's even, I like, I don't know how it's even more comfortable than the, the bison hoodie, which I love and have, and will remain in my rotation, but this is (laughs) awesome. Got my own bison on. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, hey, uh, chat mobbers, if you're going to be at the bowl game, I'll be there. I'll be at the uh, tailgate beforehand and everything. Come up, say hey. Check out, I know Joel, Joel's going to be there. I know he said he was going to be there. It was so. January, it's January 2nd, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. 7 o'clock. I, was, I get those bowl game dates confused. It's yep. Yeah, we, got awesome. a, we got a game the next night on Friday night, so I can't make it down. And you put the bar away for the year anyway. It'd be tough to truck yeah. that thing all the Bar's way down. Bar's sitting to... back here somewhere. Yeah, saw it. Yep, and back in the corner. Truck that up. all the way to Jacksonville. <laughs> I would, though. That bar gets a would. lot of play. I get a lot of people stopping by. Anthony Thompson stopped by at an away game, That's... tailgate. Oh, nice. Fred Glass like has been to the bar. Uh, nice. Chris Lamonis. You got you, you to do a lot. Yeah, you should start getting people to sign it. Oh, you, yeah. You got, and you got to do a lot more social media work with that thing. You just get the assembly call, uh, login and start doing stuff with it. I got to stay sober. Well, that's, that's true. I don't want to, yeah. you know what? Let's talk call. to Amy about that. Let's <laughs> yeah. have Amy do it. I think it. that's it's, the job yeah. for Amy to take over the assembly yeah. call social media at yeah. the tailgate. Can't you ask where the, the tailgate thing is? Uh, the tailgate's like a building that's kind of attached to it. Uh, just look on their website. They're doing is it an like IU a, tailgate, just a straight yeah, IU yeah. tailgate. No, they do an IU one. And then like uh, 30, 40 minutes later, they do the one for Tennessee, but it's both in the same location. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. I got to have some dinner. It's uh, seven o'clock out. All righty. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you both. I guess. Appreciate you both. You guys were great. Yeah. Uh, thank you for paying attention, everybody. Have a great rest of your holiday. See great. you soon. Good Thanks, work. guys. All righty, we'll see you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Want to save 17 gallons of fuel every 1,000 miles? You can with the powerful combination of Michelin X1 tires and the Michelin Energy Guard aerodynamic solution on your truck. Michelin X1 tires can reduce rolling resistance up to 30% for more fuel savings. And Michelin Energy Guard helps you control airflow for lower costs per mile. Go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details and start saving today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented... They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.